It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. Good morning and welcome to the St. Mary Healthline here on WBCB. Great to be with you this morning. We are joined by Dr. James Kilcoin, a cardiologist at St. Mary Comprehensive Cardiology. We're talking about your heart again. Heart health is the subject this morning for the Healthline. Good morning, Dr. Kilcoin. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great today. Uh, How are you doing? Great. Busy day, but never too busy. Well, you guys... uh, Stay busy here at Comprehensive Cardiology. Yes. You know, again, we are here in the suites uh, recording the show this morning. Yep. Uh, describe for our listeners the Comprehensive Cardiology Suite because it really is an impressive um, uh, set of, I, I don't even know what's here, um, examination rooms. Can you guys perform procedures here? Uh, there's a lot more than meets the eye when you first walk into Comprehensive Cardiology. Yes. So when I first... Uh when I first interviewed here, I realized the the office is a lot bigger than at first yeah. uh, you first notice. You know, the, initially the waiting room, and then there's a few. There's a small hallway, but that small hallway essentially circles a fourth of the building, and then um, ultimately leads to our stress uh, stress echo and uh, nuclear stress lab. So there's sort of uh, I think twelve exam rooms plus um, the you know two uh, two stress. Uh, two stress rooms. We do stress tests here in the office as well as see, I can't even tell you how, how many patients a day. So in, in the stress room, is that like they have the treadmill there or yes. some other way to get that heart pumping? Yes. So we have a treadmill in um, two rooms, one of which is for the nuclear stress tests, which is a kind of stress test where we, we image your heart with essentially the nuclear radio labeled red blood cells. And then the second uh, room also has a treadmill in it that they do echocardiogram stress tests. So looking at your heart with sound waves uh, as another way of looking at your heart for the stress test. Yeah. We're talking with Dr. James Kilcoin. So as uh, we get to meet you, doctor, uh, what brought you here to St. Mary Medical Center? Um, so I grew up here. I went to, I grew up in Churchville, which is about 20, 25 minutes away. Um, I went to Council Rock High School, and then when it split, um, I did my last two years at Council Rock South. So uh, at the Country Club, yes, <laughs> it's a very big place. Um, and then um, I went away for many years to do my training. I, did, I finished up my uh, uh, cardiovascular and internal medicine training at Gushing Medical Center in, in Danville, Pennsylvania. And then when I was looking for a, a job, this uh, I was just calling around essentially, and I said, "Well, how great would it be to?" go home again, which is what I got to do. So it's really great. I'm, I'm happy. Well, great to have you with us here this morning on the Healthline and at St. Mary Medical Center. So uh, tell us a little bit about that training. I mean, how, how, how many years uh, go into becoming a cardiologist and developing a specialty and uh, working as an intern? So uh, after high school, you go to undergraduate medical uh, school for four years and then you go to medical school for four years that's eight years and then uh, internal medicine training is three years on top of that so that's another 11 11 11, and then three more years of uh, cardiology training so it ends up being a lot a lot of years um 
But yeah, it's. I mean, training is. Uh, gosh, I loved. I could not get uh, a better. Have I could not have gotten a better education at at Geisinger. It was a great, uh, great place. Some long hours, but um, definitely worthwhile. It's fun. All right. So as we get to know you, what else is fun? Like, what do you listen to uh, in uh, your drive home? Uh, besides WBCB, of course. Um. So. I know in the morning I listen to Preston and Steve uh, okay. quite a bit. I've been listening since I was in high school. So uh, now that I'm back in the listening area, I'm, I'm, I could not be more excited to listen to them in the morning. Those guys are another tradition yeah. here yeah. In, in this area. Yeah. And it, on the way home, um, I'm honestly usually talking to my wife or, or my, my dad or making my phone calls. Honestly, I know you shouldn't call, use a phone too much in the car, but I'm usually uh, making all my personal calls for the day on the way home. All right, so talking about the heart today on the health line, and we're here at Comprehensive Cardiology inside St. Mary Medical Center, and we're talking more specifically about heart failure. Um, What is heart failure? Is that a specific specialty? Are there cardiologists who specialize in heart attacks and different cardiologists who specialize more in heart failure? Yes. So... Um, cardiology in and of itself is uh, a very small section of, of medicine that you, you have to do many years to, to uh, self-specialize and train in. But once you're a cardiologist, once you can finish your three years of extra training, um, you can actually go on to do several different other specialties. One is electrophysiology, so heart rhythm, working um, with you know, sort of the electricity of the heart. Uh, they put they're the kind of doctors that put pacemakers in. Um, and then there's interventional cardiologists. They do the catheterizations and procedures. And then um, there's advanced heart spe- failure, spe- failure specialists. Um, we actually have one in the uh, clinic that works with us. Uh, she's wonderful, Nisha, Dr. Nisha Gandhi. Um, uh, she's an advanced heart failure specialist, so she works with um, sort of getting a lot of heart failure programs set up as well as Working with the much more advanced heart failure people, we have a, a great relationship with University of Pennsylvania um, uh, to uh, you know keep track of some of the more advanced heart failure type patients, and she does a lot of that. I mean, is heart failure always called heart failure? Does it go by other names? Um, so, heart failure is um, it's really what we call a, a quote unquote clinical syndrome, or it's a collection of symptoms and physical features or physical you know fi- you know how you're feeling, um, that um, suggests that the heart isn't functioning or pumping properly. Uh, some people say there's a word called cardiomyopathy, which means essentially you know, a dysfunction of the muscle of the heart. Uh, some people sort of uh, link the two. Um, you know, heart failure is the, you know, the symptoms and signs, and then a cardiomyopathy is what causes the heart failure. Yeah. So I was coming over here uh, getting ready to talk with you, Dr. Kilcoyne, and, and thinking about the human body as, as such a marvel and the human heart, uh, right, it, basically a, a muscle. Are there other muscles that have this same type of uh, a failure situation uh, or is this kind of unique to, to, to the heart muscle? I mean, nothing – I guess we're not using our, our muscles as much as we use our, our heart. It's always, it's always going, thankfully. Yeah, I, I often tell my patients it's sort of a miracle um, uh, how the heart functions because it's the only muscle that doesn't relax. Ever. It doesn't you know stop. I mean? It doesn't. There's no breaks. And if it takes a break, then you're really in big trouble. Um, so uh, I, I can't think of another uh, you know disease process where it um, where the muscle would act like this. There are uh, diseases that 
would affect the skeletal muscles, the muscles that, you know, like muscular dystrophy, which would be a muscle failure as well. But, uh, well, actually there, there's some patients with muscular dystrophy that can have heart problems. Hmm. Um, it's, it's somewhat different in that, um, the, and we'll talk a little bit about this, but the causes of heart failure don't necessarily always have to do with the heart muscle itself. They have to do with other things around it and, and such things. Are there varying degrees of, of heart failure? Like is it stage one through stage five? Yes. So um, heart failure is a, a very big – a lot of – you know, it's a, it's a very big um, set of things, a set of uh, diseases. And so uh, there's a couple ways we categorize them. The um, American Heart Association – uh, puts out a classification system that we, uh, uh, you know, a large majority of us use. I, I use myself, starting from A to D. So, stage A, uh, heart failure would be someone that has um, a risk factor for heart disease, such as you know they recently received a chemotherapy that could affect the heart, um, hypertension, diabetes, or they have some degree of heart artery disease. There's no um, structural changes to the heart. There's no weakening of the heart or stiffening of the heart. So they're just at risk. Um, so some people wouldn't consider themselves with hypertension as being having stage A heart failure, but that's sort of the, by strictest guidelines that is happening. That, that's true. Um, stage B is when you have structural changes to the heart. You know, the heart's weakened. Maybe this is not squeezing as well, maybe a bit stiffer, um, but there's no symptoms as of yet. As stage B. Stage C is what most people think of as having heart failure is that they're having symptoms now and that there are structural changes to the heart. You know, it's weak or it's stiff. Um, stage D is uh, where actually Dr. Gandhi would come in a, a quite a bit is um, those that have very advanced heart failure and they have symptoms despite all the medications, everything we're doing, they're still having symptoms. So they're considered stage D heart failure. All right. So, uh, you mentioned, teased it just a bit ago. What are some of the causes of heart failure if it's not coming from your heart? So, um, is it like circulation things sometimes? Yes. So uh, we divide heart failure and the, and the uh, into two uh, main categories. One is called systolic, or where your heart muscles weakened and your heart's not pumping. The, you know, the normal squeeze is about 60, 50, 60 percent of your blood. Um, should uh, you, that reduce and go to 30, 40, something like that, we'd say you have systolic heart failure. And, and essentially that just leads us down one pathway of investigation. Uh, if you have a heart muscle that's squeezing normally, supposedly, you know, 60% squeeze every time, but is having trouble relax, relaxing or having, you know, stiffness, it's called diastolic heart failure. That would lead us down sort of a different uh, pathway. Um, so the main things that can lead to these um, – uh, syndromes of heart failure would be uh, most commonly we look for heart artery disease, you know, heart artery blockages or something along those lines um, that would say that that the heart's not getting enough blood and so it's weakening. And that's and so would those heart arteries be that some inflammation in there or some actual Pla plaques? Plaques. Mostly it's plaques. There, there are rare diseases that do cause inflammation um, or you know where the one of the or one of the linings of the artery come off called dissection. Those are uncommon to say the least, especially in adults. They're inflammatory. Uh, infl inflammation of the arteries is actually more common with children. Hmm. Um, other things that could cause it would be um, toxins, specifically alcohol is actually a, a, a big heart toxin. Um, smoking? Smoking leads to the plaques. 
Um, so that's the you know, big risk factor for heart artery disease. Um, people have genetic predispositions. You know, genetically, they're you know, there's something going on that they they're, they're, maybe their mother or father had it, or when family members have a weakening of the heart, and that's it's a genetic predisposition. Um, systemic diseases I, I mentioned earlier, such as um, you know, sarcoidosis, amyloidosis, things that affect your whole body, but also uh, affect your heart. Um, yeah. We're talking with Dr. James Kilcoin here. It's the St. Mary Healthline, and uh, we've got some time from him here on a busy day. I uh, want to talk about what signs and symptoms people can look for, uh, some different ways people can screen, prevent heart disease and heart failure. As we continue with the Healthline, we'll step aside here for just a little bit, and uh, we'll get right back to our topic of discussion. really want to ask uh, one thing about uh, napping. Uh, or or just being fatigued. Uh, I I think that's kind of one of the things that uh, people can overlook, uh, uh, just feeling run down. Uh, We'll talk to Dr. Kilcoin about that as we continue to talk about heart failure here on the St. Mary Healthline, back in just a bit here on WBCB. Dear neighbors, our hearts live to fix yours. The St. Mary Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and sometimes extraordinary. You see, that's our mission, to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash heart. Planning a night out? If you're having a few drinks, think of calling limotoday.com. If you're arrested for DUI, it will cost you thousands of dollars and potential jail time. And think about the risk you're taking for yourself and others when you drink and drive. Let LimoToday.com do the driving for you. LimoToday.com offers reliable, affordable transportation from sedans and stretch limousines to vans and minibuses. LimoToday.com has it all. Choose safety first. Choose LimoToday.com. 1-866-LIMO-TODAY. 1-866-LIMO-TODAY. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. Welcome back to the St. Mary Healthline here on WBCB. Dr. James Kilcoin with us as we are here at St. Mary Comprehensive Cardiology. Uh, Beautiful uh, state-of-the-art suite. Uh, We heard just a little bit about it a moment ago. So, Dr. Kilcoin, uh, what about fatigue? Uh, People, they're running around, they got their track shoes on, going here and there, but sometimes maybe they feel more run down than they they think they ought to. Is that something to um, potentially indicate an issue with your heart? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. That is um, one of the most subtle signs of heart failure. It comes from a lot of the other signs of heart failure, which we we can talk about and symptoms that would um, sort of come on slowly and all at once. And that's one thing that's important to know about and to worry about with heart failure is that the symptoms can be very slow and onset. It's not like a, like a big heart attack where it's, you know, sudden, right? Right. It can be sort of slow onset because your heart could weaken slowly over time. So it's not like your heart just weakens all of a sudden. It could just sort of be struggling under the load of, let's say, high blood pressure, diabetes, inefficient blood flow from your arteries. And it could just weaken slowly over time. So um, well, that would, yeah. well, not to interrupt you, Dr. What about that proactive, uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, thing out there in medicine, prevention, uh, being a big part of being well? 
if you fi- if you notice that symptom early and you talk to your doctor and you get referred to your cardiologist and they can look at um, a, a heart failure situation when it is in its early stages, uh, does that mean the patient is going to have a better outcome? It could. It could, especially if you catch um, you know, if you catch something early and you prevent the progression of damage. You know, let's let's take hypertension for a, an example. Mm-hmm. I had a patient a, a few days ago that um, was unaware that he had any trouble. He had bad knees, so he wasn't as walking as much. But he did feel not right. Um, so I got an echocardiogram on him, which is a way to to look for heart uh, heart failure, and he had a reduced heart function. Mm. Um, did a heart catheterization, no heart artery disease, blood pressure is very high. So I think what was happening there was he had high blood pressure that was over time and the heart was sort of just laboring against that extra pressure, sort of like if you're, you know, you're, you're bench pressing a hundred pounds and you keep adding five pounds a day, eventually you're going to, you know, either you're going to get stronger or you're not going to, you know, you're going to sort of fail. And I think that's what happened. So that's an example of if you caught it early he, he may not have, you know, things would have been a little bit um, better. I mean, hi- hypertension, high blood pressure, that's like a, a sign of heart failure, but also can lead to heart failure? Uh, it can lead to heart failure. It's uh, actually uh, oftentimes people's blood pressure with heart failure um, gets a little bit lower hmm. because the heart doesn't have that squeeze, that power to raise the blood pressure every much as much. So you'll notice that some people um, – is it low blood pressure sometimes? That, that it could be. You'll, yeah. you'll see and say, "Oh, that's yeah. that's something to check out." Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Um, other things, other signs of heart failure would be, um, uh, you know, mo- largely shortness of breath. That's a, a large one. You know, mm-hmm. as the your heart doesn't pump as well as it should, um, you'll notice that um, the the fluid, there's a bit of a fluid and pressure back up and then your lungs uh, are, uh, the blood from your lungs goes to the left side of your heart. So if that's not pumping as properly as it should, uh, you'll notice that the, um, uh, some fluid will build up in the lungs and you'll feel shorter breath, especially with exertion and actually laying down. So if you're getting huh. shorter breath, laying down, um, especially as you go to a night to sleep or even uh, more oddly is that you actually will wake up at night short of breath. All of a sudden you'll wake up gasping for air. Huh. Um, that can be a sign of heart failure, and that's one that's often overlooked and sometimes even thought to be obstructive sleep apnea, a different, uh, a different disease. Um, so it's, that's part of the vigilance that comes with this. Um, other things, uh, leg swelling, that's one that most people think of um, that when it comes to heart failure. But abdominal bloating and actually poor appetite can be another sign of heart failure hmm. as the fluid that's building up in your lungs. It's actually building, building up in your belly wall and in your intestines. So that's something that um, I've, I've heard a couple of times that I'm just, you know, I'm not hungry, I'm not eating, but I'm still gaining weight. Hmm. That can be, you know, a, a red flag. So what, what can be done about heart failure? What are some of the, the treatments out there? The other thing I was thinking about coming over here, ready to talk to you, uh, Dr. Kilcoin here for the Healthline, is how amazing uh, medicine is when you look at, uh, I don't know, different pharmaceuticals that can even treat different body functions and, uh, you know, you know, can perform very specific um, functions inside the human body. Mm-hmm. Um, at, to me, I think there's something that is kind of amazing about that, that you can take a pill and the pill knows what to do inside your body. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty yeah. good. I mean, is that medicine is part of um, 
one of the things you can help out with? Absolutely, absolutely. So heart failure is uh, – so we take two two uh, sort of tacks to, to treat heart failure. One is you treat the underlying cause. If you have heart artery blockages, you get them fixed, either bypass surgery or stenting or something along those lines. Um, if it's a systemic illness, you treat that systemic illness. Um, uh, if it's a drug you or toxin, you take away the drug or toxin. And, and when I say drugs or toxins, even – Treatments for other illnesses, those medicines can cause a heart function weakening. So it's something to be aware of that you know, you're trying to treat one thing. The side effect could be something totally uh, else. Uh, once you've sort of treated the underlying cause, we then start what we call guideline-directed medical therapy or, or um, you know, big uh, you know, consortiums of physicians that in America have decided you – know, have looked into it and decided that certain medicines – no matter the cause of a weak heart muscle or stiff heart muscle, these medicines will help it recover, right? Such things as ACE inhibitors. They're, I, they're often thought of as blood pressure medicines, and they do affect the blood pressure. But uh, we, you know, if someone has heart failure, I, I would think of them as heart recovery medicines. So ACE inhibitors or uh, angiotensin receptor blockers. So sort of something that works with the kidneys, but also helps the heart remodel and recover. Beta blockers, they heart, help the heart not squeeze as hard and sort of let it relax a bit is uh, sort of the inelegant way of, uh, of saying it. It's hard to, uh, it, the way they work is a lot, you know, more complex and probably a whole three day seminar about how they actually work. Um, uh, and then there's other medicines, um, you know, spironolactone, aplerinone, they help the heart recover as well. And then, um, there's a lot of other medicines. I mean, it, it is really remarkable though that, you yeah. know, the, the those beta blockers know kind of how to relax that muscle and yeah. um, those medicine and there's people out there developing new medicines all the time and yeah, uh, yeah. always providing new hope for people who are in a heart failure, cardiac condition. And uh, sometimes there's a lot of criticism with the pharmaceutical industry, sometimes rightly so, but uh, also a lot of uh, lives being saved. And uh, I think that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a tough, and it's way above my 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 pay grade getting into the pharmaceutical business and everything but it's it's something to think about you know what i mean the the drug companies they make these drugs and then you know uh, it, it's a it's a complex issue <laughs> that far it is all right so pe- someone who has heart failure is like life as they know it over i mean what kind of what kind of quality of life um w- is somebody going to expect uh with heart failure uh, great question. Um, so the term heart failure, we you know physicians you know made it up to communicate to other physicians, and it does sound very dire. Mm. A lot of patients I tell me you have heart failure, and they say, "Well, is it going to fail today, tomorrow? You know, is my heart just going to stop?" And and it's not the case. It's more just a, a you know, sort of a failure of, of of function, but it's not like it's going to just stop necessarily. Um, so. Uh, but oftentimes, yeah. Always. But, but can they still do the same activities? Oftentimes, yes. So, um, a lot, I, a lot of patients with heart failure, they can live normal lives. They, they work. They, you know, they have families. They, they do all their normal activities. They're just, you know, they stay vigilant about their fluid status. You know, I mean, how, you know, how much diuretics do they need to be on? The diuretics are a, a sort of a cornerstone of heart failure as they get rid of the fluid in the lungs and the legs. You need to be uh, cautious with the kidneys, but. If they stay vigilant about their fluid status, take their medications, and um, you know check in regularly with their doctor, it, you know quality of life can be 
essentially normal oftentimes. Some people and, and uh, aren't so lucky. Some people do have quite a bit of debilitation from their heart failure. Uh, we work as you know, as, as well as we can with, uh, people like that to help them feel better. But, you know, there are people that just, you know, the heart failure is so bad or their, their, their heart is so stiff, um, that it's, it's very difficult for them. Mm. You know, one of the things I love about life, Dr. Kilcoin is, is food. Uh, and <laughs> I, I think your diet changes quite a bit now. Now maybe my, my diet should be changing now, uh, uh, to be a little bit healthier and maybe not eat so much decadent stuff, but um, that's one of the things that is, you know, a, a pleasure of life. And people who are in heart failure, do they have to uh, just eat rice cakes uh, for for the rest of their life? Uh, not necessarily, but there are dietary uh, things you have to watch out for. I feel like most of my day is telling people to not eat the things that they enjoy, whether it comes from you know, uh, you know, heart artery disease and and cholesterol or or heart failure. So the big thing you have to watch out for with heart failure would be salt. Salt keeps your fluid um, in your body. So if you have too much salt, y- your body will naturally retain fluid and you'll mm-hmm. get the swelling and the shortness of breath and things. So uh, sometimes we'll pe- to tell people they really shouldn't uh, have more than two grams or 2000 milligrams of salt a day. Uh, a lot of that comes from the food you're already eating, right? You know, people say, oh, I-, I don't use a salt shaker a lot. But it's really uh, the amount of food you put on top of uh, the amount of salt you put on top of, of food is actually the least amount of salt you're having. Um, and sometimes we even tell people they shouldn't drink too much fluid. You know, we say, you know, drink you know two, three liters of fluid a day, um, so that their diuretics and their fluid, uh, their Lasix and their diuretics and their um, water intake sort of balances out so they don't get into trouble. I heard a radio report recently about, I think it's Philadelphia, going to um, ask chain restaurants to um, indicate foods that have high sodium contents and uh, any food that has like more than two 2,000, was it two, two grams? Two grams, yeah. Those are supposed to be indicated in some way or other. Again, that becomes kind of a complicated issue about uh, should restaurants be forced to uh, reveal their ingredients and stuff like that. But certainly seems like uh, that's um, a good way to let people know what they're eating. I mean, sometimes, you, as you said, you're putting salt on food that might already be salty. Yes. Yeah. So uh, sometimes the heart failure patients, they have a hard time eating out because they don't know, I say, have two grams of salt a day, but it's hard for them to know what's in the food if someone else is preparing it. So you end up cooking at home a lot. Um, uh, You know, it's it's good for – it would be good – that in of itself, I'm just saying it's good for them to know how much salt they're taking if they are eating out, you know. I think people should eat at home more often anyway. (laughs) It's a a healthier way to eat and – you know, food is life. I think that's what uh, I think that maybe the French saying or something like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with those uh, those French. Viva la France! Um, what if somebody ex- thinks they're experiencing heart failure? Uh, they're hearing the show today and and thinking some of those symptoms sound a little too familiar. Um, so I would suggest to them to definitely reach out to their uh, their primary doctor as soon as they can. Try to get an appointment and, and talk to them about their symptoms. See if there's anything else that could mimic heart failure um, that could also be uh, going on. And then hopefully either their um, their uh, primary doctor or 
where they would refer to a cardiologist would get sort of start the investigation into what their symptoms are and, and how to uh, best uh, resolve things. Get some answers. Yes, get some answers. That's the most important thing. Uh, what can a patient expect if they come to comprehensive cardiology for treatment at St. Mary? I mean, one thing you'll be, I think, impressed uh, with the comprehensive cardiology suite, um, but uh, what else is kind of the, the process? I guess the, that investigation is is getting yes. those answers. Yes. So um, if, uh, when, if and when you're referred to, to come see us, you'll we'll set uh, one of our schedules to call you, set up an appointment with one of our, uh, I think, 12 uh, physicians, plus we have some uh, physician uh, advanced practitioners working in our office as well. Um, uh, our wonderful medical assistants will get your blood pressure, weight, and get to vital signs and figure out if there's other investigation you've had before, try to get records from other offices, and that's going to be very important. Um, you'll meet one of uh, someone like myself, um, and we'll talk to you about your symptoms, see what's happening and what's important to you. And then f- based on that, we'll start an investigation. Um, oftentimes that starts with an echocardiogram, so it's an ultrasound of your heart. No, there's no radiation to it. Um, that actually gives us a functional look. A CAT scan is, is a moment in time, right? It's one single still frame of your body where an echocardiogram is actually in motion. You, know, you see the heart functioning. Right. Um, we can look at the valves because even sometimes valve disease, and that's not something I, I, I mentioned earlier, but sometimes valve disease, a tight valve like aortic stenosis or a, a, a loose leaky valve like uh, mitral regurgitation could lead to heart failure as well. So we'll investigate the valves, the heart function, see what else is going on. We may get some blood work to see if there's other things that could be systemic illnesses that we could be uh, missing, like a thyroid function or something along those lines. Um, and then from there, based on those, that, and, uh, oh, and of course, an EKG, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned every patient that I have and, and that gets in the clinic gets an EKG, that, especially the first time I see, we see them. And then multiple times after that, just to look for, as uh, a good screening tool for looking for heart artery disease or, you know, maybe some conduction electricity disease. Saintmaryhealthcare.org, the website for more information. And Dr. Kilcoin, we are just about out of time. Anything else you want uh, listeners to know about heart failure, about w- what we've been talking about here this morning? Um, no, I, I think we've we've done a good review, and it's. I think the big takeaways are the signs and symptoms, and then how to you know how to communicate to your doctor about how you're feeling, and sort of to mentally prepare yourself for. The, the coming investigation, you know, if you come to a primary or myself or another one of my partners. If you're feeling something, get those yeah. answers, stmaryhealthcare.org. Dr. Kilcoin, thank you so much for hanging out here at the St. Mary Healthline. Thank you very much. Uh, great to have our listeners with us, of course, as well. And uh, we'll check in with you next time here on 1490 WBCB. Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So, the St. Mary Orthopedic Team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people. With brilliant technology and simple human kindness. So you can go home faster and happier. That's our mission. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash ortho.